Okay, so the Flowing Witch, Wells Witch Trial. So it was 1969, Tucson, Arizona, of all places. These kids started, you know, after their lecture, they realized, hey, our teacher kind of looks like this, these witches that they're describing. And she, you know, was like, her name's Ann Stewart. She's like, I'm just going to go with this. This, It's, you know, the kids are interested. They're interested in history and what's going on. So I'm just going to, you know, kind of go with it. And they would ask her if she was a witch and she would, what do you think? And so she continued on with this for like a year or so. The kids would, make, you know, joke about it. And basically by the end of that year, by the time the new term started, it escalated to 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 not good um she started receiving messages in the mail saying uh with the unfortunate line thou shall not suffer a witch to live so basically she's getting death threats is that's how i found it because i mean what else could that line mean and this Besides, was in Ari and this was in arizona yes 1969 wow. Wow. and yes <laughs> I was shocked when I found out about this. And so the kids, you know, obviously they're talking to their parents about what's going on. She's not denying it, but she's also not saying I'm a witch. Mm -hmm. She's trying to increase, you know, just pique their interest, keep them in, interested in, in learning. And they, at the school, suspended her from teaching. They suspended her from teaching? I think we somehow lost her. Am I there? Can you hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they suspended her from teaching? Oh, yes. They suspended her from teaching, citing a petition from her fellow students. So what is thought to have happened is that the principal got the other teachers to start ganging up on her and made this posi this uh, petition to try and get rid of her because he had a personal grudge against her. They never say what the grudge is. Wow. Um, and the petition specifically said that she is psychologically damaging the children by teaching them witch witchcraft and telling them that she is a witch and other off-curricular subjects that they said um, has been detrimental to the learning of the kids. It poorly poorly influenced the students and led to insubordination and mental stress to the teachers. So, so once again, I mean, I, I just can't help but think about like a modern parallel, which is 
the fucking insane transphobia that we have in this country. Right. That's the exact same thing. Right. Again, it's more of a, you're different, basically. You're different, and this is our way of uh, marking you out as different and making you feel like you can't be different. And it's 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 very... It's a step further. It's like you're psychologically traumatizing our children for existing. And they were saying that she's teaching them witchcraft, which she was not even doing. She would, you know... uh, dress more like a witch wear witchier things a lot more green and things like that but she was never actually teaching them witchcraft they were just coming to this conclusion just so that they can say hey we don't want you here wow and i I don't i never understood that i really did it she basically got well fired eventually she was fired um because she was getting her kids to learn I said, how how do we how can we punish somebody for making kids interested in learning i don't understand that um but eventually so they ended up firing her and she ended up suing and was they ordered to rehire her they did not and unfortunately the last that they knew of her was in 1972 she was working as a real estate agent and unfortunately the witchcraft accusations and rumors followed her into that job and after that there's no record of what happened to her but it's like she never escaped the stigma of being a good teacher (laughs) that's all i can think of in this is she was stigmatized and and outcast for being a good teacher that's unbelievable is that but then but then compared to like here in ventura county there's this like old like fable of people using witchcraft like in the 1800s mm. um to to find wells to find wells of water oh, right oh yeah and and it's really crazy because because it's like they use like those those rods or whatever to try the to divining find, rods yeah and so you had all these like ranchers in like the the 1800s going through like the creek basins between Simi Valley and and Camarillo and then up into the Santa Clara River Basin and they would like be using these rods and finding wells and then they would like they would like find the water and the water would come up but they were all men okay yep and no one ever persecuted them as performing witchcraft, even though they literally called them the witch wells mm-hmm. and the witch wellers, they literally called them that, but because they were men and it was in the 1800s, it was acceptable. Exactly. <laughs> but because they were men, it was acceptable. And yep. then you're talking about someone in the 1900s who is literally just teaching children effectively, mm-hmm. but because she's a, but because she's a woman, it turns into this whole thing. Yeah, and uh, I it, I don't understand it. I really yeah. don't. I I've never understood that. Um, there was, well, sort of speaking to what you're talking about, there were con- there were witches in Italy considered to be good witches. They were the uh, Bene Beneventi, and they escaped persecution for a while because they supposedly in their sleep were fending off and fighting off the. Ba- the ones that were performing maleficum 
Yes, I, I, I agree. I kind of tittered at that too. I was like, are you kidding me? But eventually they ended up getting persecuted, quite a few of them. Wow. So sometimes they could escape it for a little while, but being women, it, it eventually caught up to them. That's, yeah, and that's not the only, the only case. Um, that one was at least, you know, happy where she didn't end up being hung or burned. But oh, there are a couple really sad ones here. The Witch of Esperance, which happened in New York. Um, she was a French widow who was accused of witchcraft and more specifically to, of taking off her apron, pulling herself across the creek on the garment, putting it back on dry on the other side. She was accused of poor, uh, poor crops and, and dying cattle too. But the poor woman didn't speak English. We don't even know her name. She was French. Um, she was unable to defend herself. And instead of charging her through the legal system, the town decided to take matters into their own hands. They came to her house one night while she was preparing dinner and shot her through the window with a silver bullet. Yeah. And then they buried her upside down in an unmarked grave under a pine tree because that's what they they heard would keep the witch from seeking revenge from the grave. Um, there's a couple more really sad ones like this, like Mal Dyer in Maryland. Um, the details are kind of sketchy because there was a fire that destroyed records in 1831. But Mary Mal Dyer was an elderly woman who was uh, accused of and causing an epidemic. Um, a bunch of people got really sick over the win winter of 1697-98. And the church, they all met at the local church and decided to accuse her of witchcraft without a trial. They surrounded her house and set it on fire with Maul still inside. Uh, Maul escaped and managed to you know, escape, but was found later frozen to death on a rock, which is now a rock that they have marked with her name on it, um, with... And this is the way it was put with one hand reaching towards the sky as if to call down curses on those who have wronged her. And I was just, oh, oh my, my goodness. Yes. Wow. That another poor lady. And then Pennsylvania, we have Mark Madison and her neighbor, Gertrude Jacobson. Uh, they're charged with witchcraft in by, uh, and they're tried in, by William Penn. I'm sure that name sounds familiar to you, uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Penn barred the use of prosecution and defense lawyers and conducted the questioning himself. himself. Uh, he permitted the production of unsubstantiated hearsay, but he basically gave the jury directions that he told them, what did, sorry, I've lost my place when I was reading. Ah. Weren't the Quakers pretty communistic? Yeah, the Quakers were actually pretty badass. Yeah, that's what I heard. For that time, anyways, yes. And um, he's basically said that he himself gave the closing charge and direction to the jury what he told them was not transcribed but according to uh people that were supposed to have been there he returned the verse of 
guilty of having common fame of a witch, but not guilty in a manner and form as she stands indicted. So what he was saying was, is yeah, she might be a witch, but she didn't do anything wrong. And neither oh, yeah. woman. Yeah, that, that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, thank you, William Penn for having some sense. <laughs> so neither woman was convicted. And he's, and it said that, uh, hence the superstitious get enough of their thinking affirmed and those with less superstition and justice minded got what they wanted. The accused were released and on their husbands posting bail, uh, which was 30 pounds and, uh, promising for six months of good behavior. And it is rumored that he has said, well, I know of no law against witchcraft or of, of, sorry, excuse me. Let me rephrase myself. Um, William uh, dismissed the charges and somebody had said something about, you know, her flying on a broomstick over Philadelphia at night. <laughs> this was, a, this, and his response was, well, I know no law against it. So, Hell yeah. So let's, you know, she's good. There's no law against it. She can fly over, fly over the town if she wants. <laughs> oh, and also that so shit that didn't happen. <laughs> right, exactly. But, it, but so if it did, she's allowed to. Right. If shit happened, there's no law against it. Free to go. That's so awesome. <laughs> that was the that was the most entertaining and, and thankfully that that kind of lifted me up a little bit when I was reading about this stuff. Um, and then our only case in Tennessee was actually brought against a man. And oh, it was a poor old man. Oh, yeah. That that checks out. Yeah. So he had visited a there had been a sickness going around and he had visited one of the women that was sick and she hadn't recovered and she was starting to feel better until he, he visited and his name was old man stout and it was this is a direct quote old man stout who lived in a very quiet way in the neighborhood who did not attend church who had been up late at night reading strange books about whose early history no one knew and was suspected of being a witch when one daughter of a tailor was taken violently ill after his visit. The doctor could not diagnose her illness. And then, so obviously it had to be Mr. Stout because he visited her last. And I mean, that's the logic from this. Uh, a large posse was secured. Guns were loaded with silver bullets. Again, the silver bullets, which we all know have nothing to do with witches. It's for werewolves. <laughs> which that I'm going to sidetrack really briefly. There was a werewolf um, werewolf hunt that occurred between uh, the 15th and 17th century that coincided kind of with the witch trials. And most of the accusations were made against men. And it was usually be that they were in collusion with witches. <gasps> yeah. Oh, uh that and they what the, they were seeing witches were seen riding them and and using them for their own purposes and things like that i didn't know about the werewolf like actual werewolf trials i thought that was kind of interesting so sorry about this side <laughs> uh so uh so poor old mr stout they uh brought the posse loaded their guns and went to his house 
he came out obviously with them. I mean, why wouldn't he? The officers in the posse subjected him to a great many indignities and he was held to await action at the grand jury. When the court convened, the judge and General John McCormick, the prosecuting attorney, refused to indict the old man. The action of the court and attorney general precipitated in a riot in the courtroom. So basically everybody was up in arms that they were not gonna prosecute this man. Old man Stout then sued the officers and the posse for damages and they, oop, oop there it goes. And, and basically he ended up winning. They were citing, yeah, they were citing the, the laws of Henry VIII and James I from back in the 15, the late 1500s, or early 1600s laws. And the judge was like, look, these laws, and this is his direct quote, oh, then ended, oop, oh, there it is, um, sorry about that. He said that the charge, he charged the jury with the statute was, that the, the charges were repugnant and to be destructive of the freedom of the state and to the Republican form of the government and that never, that these laws were never in effect in Tennessee since it was not a state or even a colony at the time of the laws of James and Henry. And so basically this Mr. Stout sued, got got his damages, he got justice. So there's another example of thankfully somebody not getting burnt and killed for being a witch. Uh, let's see, and let me see, we can go. Do you, do you wanna talk a little more about Salem? Like how, yeah, how this kind yeah, of basically, <laughs> Basically, with the with the witchcraft accusation, you could be a good person. You could be a good woman, good wife, good standing in the community, and you would still live in fear of a witchcraft accusation. It was used to keep women in their place. Well, yeah, and especially because of what I said previously, right? It was levied on women by landlords. Um, yeah. people in government you know people that had extreme like economic and psychological authority over them right like like uh my uncle there uh aunt's father um yeah that he wanted he wanted power and he wanted land and things had not been going his way lately and he saw when all these girls had their affliction, I think basically what happened is they were with Tichuba and Tichuba's talking about her place back in the Caribbean and how they did, you know, voodoo and and they kind of got all the girls got themselves worked up. They were they were pretty young. I mean, Anne was the oldest one out of all of them, if I'm remembering correctly. And then they had an older one join them at some point. I think uh, she was 16. These were all young girls, easily influenced. Um, there were a lot of native attacks at the time, um, like Mercy Lewis, her entire family was killed by native attacks. Uh, I'm not saying, uh, it's hard It's hard to 
not sure how I want to put this. Obviously, I understand the native point of view. I also understand the colonizers point of view. They were coming here trying to seek freedom and just came here and basically did everything that was done to them to the native folks. Mm -hmm. It's it's victims making more victims over and over again. Yeah, and then it, it just continues to transpire throughout history with, you know, poor white people mm -hmm. um, continuing to be racist because from their perspective, you know, I might be poor and white, but at least I'm not a minority that's poor. Right. And that's or a woman, of, that's, forget that, or somebody right. that's trans or LGBTQ. Right. At least I'm a white man and not different. And it's it's more it's more of the scapegoating still going on. We're right. we're always trying to find somebody to blame for everything that goes wrong. And often more often than not, there's not just one person to blame. For sure, it's a series of things and occurrences that have happened. Um, and, you know, with Salem, it the way it, impact, it impacted um, women and feminis, feminism to come is like, if you didn't fit, uh, fit into their societal norms, if you didn't fit their rigid gender roles, if you didn't fit their expectations, you were susceptible to being accused of witchcraft. It was it was really that simple. And the 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 basis of what they were accusing of was so deeply misogynistic. Most of the time, it was it, you know women were weak, so it's we're to blame. Um, yeah, Amber, I'm sure you're aware of this, but Heather, you might not be because I, I think this is super interesting. It ties directly into how conjurings of witchcraft were connected to capitalism. So accusations of witchcraft included non-payment of rent, demand for public assistance, and giving the quote-unquote evil eye, local die-offs yes. of horses or other livestock, and mysterious deaths of children. So like literally asking for help, you're a witch. Right. That. Um, yeah, I have another example from my family tree i'm also related to the uh the herricks who were uh unfortunately judges um constables and uh, court officials in the trials um they even did some ac accusing themselves but one of these herrick brothers was married to the bethia stallhart she was tried as a witch and ended up being executed um she was poor and was asking for help and that's part of the reason why she got accused of witchcraft uh, there were uh let me see was it mary oh i cannot remember her name now but there was one lady that was specifically accused because she was asking for help and she, even after she was given help she was muttering under her breath well I mean, you have to go begging to get help from people. And I mean, I'd be kind of mad too. And a lot of people would turn her away. So of course she would say, you know, mutter some things under her breath. So she was accused of throwing curses at people. Uh, it's, 
it's ridiculous. And that's the thing about the Puritans is that they were supposed to take care of each other. They have, have a very big, they had a sense of community. We're supposed to have a sense of community where, you know, um, you're not supposed to let anybody else go hungry. It's not Christian. Um, you're, you're supposed to help each other. And a lot of these people would be so mad at having to help other people that were starving that they would accuse them of witchcraft. And I, I don't understand that. I never understood that. Um, well, sorry, I actually just logged out on accident, but so I, missed, I missed the last thing you said. But I wonder, like, what your thought is about how this is, like, a result of, like, commingling things that should not be commingled, like religion, government, and and the economy, right? Oh, oh definitely. Like and I like probably I don't, just I don't, like colonialism in general as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's like to me, it's like like the economy and the government. I I actually take issue with the idea that the government is responsible for maintaining the free market, right? Right. And, and how much of that is like influenced by religion, and what place does religion have in all of this? It doesn't. And, and should it? Right. When we when it comes to the to government and it, it religion has no place there. Um, I mean, we already we could already see what is happening because of certain. Um, yeah, how do I, I mean put that's this? the Supreme Court. Yes, I was just about yeah. to say that. You know how the the religification. I don't know what the word I'm trying to come up with here is, but we have a lot of Christians all of a sudden on the Supreme Court within the last few years, and look what is happening. We yeah. abortion gone um, for the most part for most most of the country is now gone. They're going after trans rights. They're going after marriage of, yeah, of same sex couple. If you have student loans, yep. And 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 this shouldn't be happening. It should not be happening. Government is for is to serve the people. They get our they get their consent to govern us from us and. And I know a lot of us do not consent to what is going on, and yet they're still governing, and it's and it's very frustrating. Well, as we're talking as we're talking about the sale, you know, all these witch trials and persecutions over the years, and the Salem witch trials, I'm just thinking about how many lives could have been spared if religion had just been like not allowed to mm -hmm. to govern. They estimate. Um, it's probably, well, if you want to include the men and the werewolves, um, it's probably close to over the, the whole period of time, Europe and America, about 60,000 people. And they, they figure that's uh, 70 to estimate. 80. It's probably conservative. There's probably a lot more we don't know about that happened because, you know, local people just, oh, she's a witch. And <laughs> then she's done. And they don't have all those records, but it is probably conservative. And about 75 to 80 percent of all those people were women. So, and you got to start thinking about how much knowledge got lost in that process. Yeah. Because in, women were, you know, the healers. They they knew the herbs. They took care of the mid. The midwives took care of each other. Basically, before. I guess uh, the well, the rise of capitalism. Um, you start having this where the women start 
doctors, male doctors start pushing out women. And it's kind of a way to control uh, the population. After the plague, you had a die off, a huge die off of workers. And you start having the rise of capitalism kind of happening at the same time. So we'll talk about die off the plague. And then we have the rise of the witch trials. We have male doctors pushing out um, local healers and, and local midwives. And if that's to increase workers, how do you increase workers? By controlling the means of reproduction. Um, sexual division of labor was basically not in favor of women, as we still know now and today. Mm -hmm. We do the housework plus work outside the house. It was kind of the same thing back then. You still had, you know, usually farm work plus your indoor housework taking care of the kids. Um, so there's a lot of surplus value going on there. So it's still highly gendered as we know now. Um, but the we were switching from a substance economy you know, where the serfs work the land, they, they, they make their own, they grow their own food basically, and start moving towards the capitalist um, economy. And when that started happening, the medical knowledge started going away because you had men taking over the positions of the women. They were not delivering babies as much anymore. Um, Women had a very communal, uh, almost like a mutual aid kind of thing going on before capitalism, where uh, women took care of each other's babies, they fed each other's babies, and then you see start to see less of that. Obviously, as capitalism starts up, women can't take their kids with them to work in a factory, but they could carry them out in the field with them. And so basically, men were taking over all this, all these positions held by women, and then turning around and killing off all these women <laughs> in the witch trials, and we lost so much knowledge. And all I can think of is what, where would we be now, if say those, you know, forty to fifty thousand ish women were still would had lived and went on? I mean, that could be a totally different world if you think about it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It, re it really could have been a totally different world. Uh, hmm. <sighs> I kind of made myself sad. <laughs> yeah, I think we this definitely need to move towards uh, matriarchal to be like, you know, <laughs> for right. Like, just to be frank and just to keep things straight, um, that would be the best course of action. Get towards a matriarchal world in society as soon as possible because clearly the patriarchy is fucking up everything and has for centuries yes <laughs> i fully agree and i tried to, to trace the exact origins of where the patriarchy started and it's kind of a it's kind of a combination of things once we started moving into making cities and things like that. And women were all of a sudden a, a commodity. I hate saying that, but we became a commodity. We became uh, baby factories, essentially, and possessions. And mm -hmm. 
that was kind of the start of the patriarchy and once christianity especially came around that just it went from zero to 60 like like that and like i said earlier in the interview with the slavic lands men and women essentially in in slavic society were very much equal we had our own you know our own roles but it was it wasn't forced on us by society women could could be warriors if they wanted to they could do what they wanted to they weren't forced into gender roles per se and yeah and uh, the matriarchal societies seem to have been around for for quite some time until like the formation of cities mm -hmm. and then christianity basically tr just did away with what was left of what few places still had women uh equal in equal roles to men if that makes sense yeah absolutely i mean that's compatible with the vast majority of human history that's what i love the most about anarchism and communism is I mean, not just the fact that they're awesome ideologies, it's the fact that they're consistent with an analysis of, of history based on class and based on interpersonal relationships with cultures across all kinds of different places in the world. Right. Oh. The question I have is like, what is it gonna take to, to get to that point <laughs> oh that's another episode well so, so yeah because it's so it's so daunting but when we're sitting here and we're talking about i mean i feel like there were points where like where like the like the united states like like could have done it you know like like um right i like thought the, it was gonna happen during covid the 1960s and 70s well even like even all the way back to like the 1960s and 70s right when like women were like burning their bras and like mm -hmm. fighting fighting for equal pay and you had like women out marching in the streets or burning or their donald draft trump cards was, yeah or like even after donald trump was elected like everybody makes fun of those pink hats but like hey women were like like out in the fucking streets and right and and now it's it's like everybody has just taken on this like quiet resignation that this is just like how it is, you know? Um, yeah. We get so close so many times. And then yeah. it's, then honestly, it's like, there's this one group of, of men that just come along and ruin it for everybody. And it seems to keep happening. Yeah, I think it gets back to that quote you you mentioned in in towards the beginning about every what was it every twenty years? Yeah, something happens where hey, we gotta find somebody to blame. We gotta find somebody to keep and hold down. Yeah. Um, the well, whole scapegoating thing yet again. Well, going back to just like the patriarchy and feminism and all that, um, did I send you that quote from Pat Roberts from like the nineties, Amber? Where he I was like, uh, yeah, let me read it to you. <clears throat> I'm going to pull it up right now. So you might, it might've been in this, the, the slide you sent. Yeah, I'm definitely going to include it as part of that. Here it is. Uh, feminism encourages women to leave their husbands, practice witchcraft, 
destroy capitalism and become lesbians. Yes. <laughs> and then right there, Jesus just said it, become lesbians so we can't make more babies mm -hmm. and of we become of no use and of no value. As soon as you take that out of the equation, women are worthless. Lesbian, lesbian witches destroying capitalism? Fuck, that sounds like a best friend. <laughs> Doesn't it? It sounds great to me. I want to hang out with those people. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's but that's you, you, gotta, you gotta view everything from the white male patriarchy <laughs> society where once women can't have babies or don't want to have babies, they're of no use to, to men. It's essentially what I keep coming back to through all of this. Yeah, and what are we supposed to do? Because, I mean, it's 2023, and these evangelicals are fucking digging their heels in. We're going backwards. Yeah. We are going backwards. And we gotta, we, we gotta dig our own heels in and not allow it to happen. And, oh, and unfortunately, it's such a massive, massively scaled problem. Mm -hmm. or issue and it's and it's not just one issue it's kind of all a bunch of issues that come together to, to make one big problem and starting in the home is literally the only thing i can think of to solve this yeah um really we have to change the way we raise children um the way we think about children like this this ownership of children you're gonna do as i say not as i do you're gonna you're gonna be what i want you to be these are not your possessions these are people yeah. and they have their own minds and their own feelings and we need to especially as parents step back and let them be people um talk to them about things so many people think that kids are not able to understand you know adult problems I'm sorry, that's BS. Kids are very capable if if they are explained to things to them, things in a real, truthful way. Um, like with my my 12 year old daughter, I was trying to explain to her. Well, I'm gonna use a good example that came from her. We were at driving. I was dropping her off at school, and there's two. Um, two person of people of color girls. I don't, I don't want to offend anybody, but she said, they're not very nice. And I'm like, why are they not very nice, sweetie? And she said, they hate all white people. And then I took the opportunity there and I say, honey, and I'm going to, and I use the analogy, you know, um, if you, if you had a box of snakes and some of them are poisonous and some of them are not, do you still want to reach into that box of snakes? And she goes, no. And I said, think about back to a couple hundred years ago, what 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 were the black people in this country, honey? She goes, they were slaves. I said, exactly. And not until the 60s were they even allowed to sit at a lunch counter, ride a bus in the front seat, or even drink the same water fountain as us. I said, honey, things have not changed much since then. So if you were them and that box was full of white people, what would you think? She goes, that one of them might bite me. And I said, exactly. You have to, this is, and this is my 12 year old daughter. Not many people want to explain things to 12 year olds or in that kind of way, but we need to, mm -hmm. we need to be honest with these kids. And oh. that's a big, 
Yes. No, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you, like, what, what do you, what do you think about, like, what do you think that this has to do with, like, the idea that if nothing has monetary value, it's not worth our time. Like, you're talking about children and and even like getting back to the topic of like witches, right? right? Like, right the herbs and the cooking and the caring for the family and and midwifery like i don't think that there are a lot of people in like our society today that assign monetary value to that and so they don't assign any value to it right and i think that applies to our kids too and it's like if your kids it's like people don't want to take the time to like explain things to children like you just outlined because Mm -hmm. children don't aren't a means of production really right they don't have any value until they become adults and can start i guess contributing to society for lack of better words yeah yeah it's that's the thing is we 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 assign value to the wrong things and we have been doing it for a very long time yeah your value as a person under capitalism is quote unquote how productive you are Yes. And so, and so that's kind of like where, where I'm going with like, my question is like, so like, where is, okay. So like, where is witchcraft or or witches or whatever? Mm -hmm. Is that like a way that we can find solutions to some of these problems because we can start like drawing back to those like values, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Um, well, um, well, that was my so question. Jordan had, had sent me some questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my exact question, Heather, which was how can witchcraft and, and feminism, both of those combined, be used as a rebuttal to capitalism? Yeah, yeah. And what would you have to say oh, about that, Amber? See. Like, um, so much for like a rebuttal to capitalism is is with witchcraft it's obviously we don't really think that we're we're hexing people or you know like we can actually make things happen like that it's more of a a mindset of a ritual uh, how do i explain this uh right and i totally understand that too it, that, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's it's, a, it's hard to explain. Well, it's like most leftists, there's no, for especially communists, there's no room for spirituality or religion or any of that kind of stuff yes, yes. In, 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 in their way of thinking. That's, uh, that's partially, I mean, communism is okay, but it has some, some things that are not great like this. Um, we lost a connection with our, with our earth, with our surroundings, with each other, as we we lose the religion or like spirituality. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I don't think I'm explaining myself well. <laughs> like they don't believe that there's room for spirituality or religion in politics, but we really cannot be more wrong about this. We've lost our connection with like nature, uh, with each other and with our ancestors. And there's nothing wrong with putting value on those things. We, it, like with capital, 
capitalism. We don't value the, the, the earth unless we're ripping it apart to make things. Yeah. How does, how does that make sense? Yeah. We're destroying our environment to give it value. We're destroying the place we live in. And by taking out that spiritual or that religious aspect of the connection with the earth and our, what's around us and what's come before us, our ancestors, we should honor these people. We should give thanks for this stuff. Um, there's value in giving thanks. That's part of part of witchcraft. We, I mean, we're, I have my altar and I thank my ancestors all the time for, for me being here, first of all, for being here, for this, this wonderful, uh, this, this earth we live on. You, they had a part in it. They've ha we've all had a part in it. And we need to, to remember and honor that connection. And by cutting out spirituality and completely is, it's, well, it's, it's damaging. Yeah, and it's ironic to me too because there's absolutely a spiritual component to feminism. And these are, yes. you know, there's communists, you know, that are saying that they're theoretically trying to work towards advancing feminism, destroying patriarchy, etc. But, you know, by arguing against spirituality, I would say that you're actually playing into the hands uh, of people that yeah. have a vested interest in keeping the status quo. Right, yep. exactly. And it's they're they're male religions. So if you think about it, Jesus is a man. God, well, according to the Bible, is a man. When we cut out half of us, half the population, half the world, we just totally leave them off and off on the off in left field. It's how can we move forward? We can't. We need to bring women into this we need to have a, a, at least a little bit of spirituality i'm not saying so much religion because we don't religion and politics obviously don't work well uh, uh, i'm losing what i'm thinking <laughs> i think i think though like i think that people need like i think that people need like space to like have that do you know what right I mean? like like i think that the problem with kind of american life today is everyone is so busy everybody's working probably two jobs <laughs> mm -hmm. uh some people are working more we're busy with kids we're busy with you know living according to society's demands and then everybody's doing like what they're told to do but they don't really have like the space to like define what spirituality means for them right. you know and i think that that's a real big problem too and probably a result of capitalism also right because yes so fucking busy spent making money or spending money right well and bringing up the pandemic when everybody had to stop mm -hmm. for those couple months and yeah. in, in the united states so many i watched so many people on facebook going nuts because they couldn't do anything they couldn't but go see and I didn't understand. I'm like, y'all are always so busy complaining about you never have enough time to do this. You never have enough time to do that. You don't have time to relax. What about right now? And I just couldn't understand why everybody was in such a rush to start everything back up when yeah. they were, it's like, you have time. You have the time to do whatever you want to right now. And you in the can... first and in the first couple of weeks, what what did people do? Like they reconnected with nature. 
people started right. hiking people mm-hmm. started going to beach right. again people mm-hmm. people were like the the whole thing with the fucking sourdough like people were experimenting in the kitchen and or like making sourdough they were, a starter or they like, were like they, calling they their friends that they hadn't talked to in a long time yeah. yes Yes. yes, exactly. Re the, reconnecting with these kind of like values that you're describing that have no place in capitalism. Yeah, essentially. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> spending time with their kids. Right. <laughs> I I don't I I just did not understand it. Everybody was in such a rush to get it going again. It's like Earth. The Earth was healed. You know, we had we we would see articles about the vibrations of the earth are like way down because we don't have everybody driving yeah. around and flying around and the animals are starting to come back into places yeah. that they normally weren't. And I was like, this is so freaking beautiful. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Back to work, y'all. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't so, get it. <laughs> I think it's awesome, though. I just read an article recently. It was like more than 50% of American workers that have been like forced to go back into the office are just flat out telling their bosses, fuck you, I'm not going. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, even if they're getting a pay cut to take another job, they're just like, no, I'm not going in the office. I think that's awesome. (laughs) I do too. I love how this is kind of, it's, it's honestly the pandemic really divided a, a, a lot of people into this way that we've been doing what we've been doing it's it's not working i miss the pandemic i like the way it was before and then there's the other people that are like back to the back to the normal back to the real world and yeah and like i don't i don't me and heather had so many conversations during the height of covid and we were like back to normal there what the fuck does that mean that there is no more right like that if there ever really was right there was exactly the first, first it was a, it's normal. an illusion yes exactly it was the forced normal uh, but I, I guess we kind of got but we were t- i like uh, witchcraft is communal and it's very anti-authoritarian and it's very counterculture it it rails against capitalism uh in so many aspects i kind of got off we got off on that off the subject no, there that's okay but yeah but, that's but didn't because what that's you're true. what you're <laughs> describing what you're like what you've been describing though about like what like witchcraft has been or what like they like has been considered witchcraft or whatever over the centuries like that's like our natural inclination to go back to that yes. when we have a moment to breathe yeah, and it's directly tied into anti-capitalism. So Sorry about it. Like this is... <laughs> no, I was just, I was just saying. It's just I'm just sitting here thinking about this. Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just it's like the natural. It's just a na- it's it's just a natural way of being, and there's nothing particularly wrong about it either. Right, right, exactly. It's, it's witchcraft isn't saying hey you can't do this or you can't do that. It's it's pretty much open. If it feels good, do it as long as you aren't hurting someone else. And that sounds good to me. Yeah, right. Um, it, it just it just <laughs> seems like this is just like basic like anti capitalism. You know, these are 
the vast majority are women that are speaking out against their oppressors. So of course, <laughs> these people are gonna make up some bullshit in order to silence them and ultimately kill them. And and nothing right. has changed. It's you know, no. it's 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 the theme of this whole episode. It's scapegoating. It's blaming. It's it's developing sophisticated means of silencing people that have a, an interest in making society better. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't benefit those few people. Yeah, that's you. And it, that's the thing is we have a few. It's, it's the the bad. I hate the analogy. The one percent. It is the one percent that is doing this to everyone. And yeah. It's, I mean, think about think about your your like the stories of when you were talking about the chronology. Like they're all names that we recognize. That's, right. That's because it's a handful of people. <laughs> yes. Mathers and and people that you are are having your own family tree. Like we've all heard those names, um, which means that it was it was really a small amount of people. Right. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, it was like, I think they said a group of at some points it was up to 10 girls be in, in the 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 afflicted group, you know, and then it was like maybe 10 or 20 guys in the court and the 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 church and stuff that were doing this. It wasn't a whole lot of people. It was a very small amount of people that literally terrified what was the colony of Massachusetts, which was, you know, a very small portion or well, about a third of the, the country at the time. I mean, they literally had a third of the country terrified, mostly women. But yeah, ugh, it's terrible. <laughs> but I'm, I'm also I don't have just Ann Putnam there. I do have my my great great grandfather and um tucker they're the tuckers sorry uh maurice and benany and their wife ebenezer but wow. yes her name is ebenezer she is the only woman who actually has her name signed to the mary bradbury bradbury petition in favor of her being released wow. uh, mary he was one of the lucky ones she escaped um and then my great-grandfather Maurice ended up fleeing from Salisbury to Rhode Island because he was going to be get accused of witchcraft because he was an old man who signed in favor of no. Mary. It's yeah, it's it's a handful of people just terrorizing thousands. And we still have that today. Yeah, no, it's millions. Oh. Yeah, now it's millions, billions. <laughs> I think we lost Heather. Yeah, apparently we did. Um, oh, there she goes. I'm trying to no, see if I've but like, missed anything I so think of. What do you think that the modern witch represents? Like, we've kind of talked about the witch over the course of history, but what would you say oh. um, that, like, the modern witch represents and kind of uh, the different stages of feminism? Oh, let's see. Well, the modern witch today um, very much rep represents anti-authoritarianism. Um, we, <sighs> hmm. 
I've I guess it's like the same, right? <laughs> it essentially is the same. Um, it's it's like we still. Uh, hmm. I guess. Uh, I mean, clearly, it's not as dangerous. Sorry? It's not as dangerous to label yourself as a witch, like. Well, not in our country, it isn't. Yeah. Um, but around is, it, the world, is it in other countries? Oh, yes, it is. Oh, wow. Very much so. Um, if you want to get into, let's see. Uh, let me oh, grab my, I don't have a card for this. Let me grab my notes real quick. Um, like in Nigeria, um, India. Islamic countries, I would think, right? I believe that was also on there. Um, they have, where in the world did these notes go? I bet you can't be a witch in Israel. Oh, I bet you you can't either. Uh, <laughs> you can't be anything other than yeah. Jewish, it seems. <laughs> fucking Jewish Zionist. <laughs> right. Let me see. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Witchcraft today, where are you? There it is. Okay, so... Can you put an X on Bibby, by the way? <laughs> oh, yes. I already, I already asked the ancestors to do what they could as far as he was concerned. Him and Biden both. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> oh. Thank Let's you. see. So, you're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. 36 nations around the world still persecute witches. Uh, main, mainly they're in Africa, Southeast Asia, and Latin America. Uh, I'm going to, let me see how. Let's see. There was... Southeast Asia? Yes, Southeast Asia. Wow. This is an example from Ghana. This just happened in August of 2020. There was a 90-year-old woman beat to death for <gasps> being for uh being accused of witchcraft when babies were born with disabilities in her village wow yeah uh and the the interesting thing about this is during the three centuries of witchcraft in europe there was 50 to sixty thousand people while in the 20th century alone in more than more people were murdered of witchcraft accusations in those those areas than in the entire time of the European witch trials. Between 1960 and the year 2000, 40,000 people were murdered in Tanzania alone for witchcraft. So this is still happening today and depending on where you're at, um, accusations of witchcraft can be uh, deadly still. So there how does witchcraft like compare, cause like, you're saying in the u.s it's it's safe and we see like all over the place like you know little shops popping up now where you can buy like witchcraft books and stones and and stuff to make your altar and and capitalism books. yeah <laughs> capitalism yeah. and so i'm wondering if you have if you have any thoughts on those because it seems like they've exploded uh, yeah like salem well, is an influencer city now Right. right that's the whole city is basically about which the witch trials and they they turned around and it became a source of cap of capitalism essentially um i i have mixed feelings about it um 
as far as I mean, it's become a fad and a trend. Yeah. Uh, you, you got a lot of the uh, spiritual influencers who are not, they call themselves light workers, but they're really not. They're just, they're capitalists. <laughs> and this has become a source of income yeah. for them. And it, I've, I have, I do have conflicting feelings on that. I do. I, I understand needing to make a living so that obviously we all have to be able to do that. It just, but that's kinda... just because of capitalism. Right. <laughs> exactly. I, oh God, I, when I, ever since I graduated high school, all I've wanted to do is just go outside, plant a garden, get some cows and, and live, you know, and <laughs> right. You can't do that anymore. They've taken that away from us. And, oh, gosh, it just, it's very frustrating. I, I, I absolutely hate capitalism. Just <laughs> I on my fucking cabin in the woods. <laughs> yes. Just, just let me live in peace. Let me play with my sticks and my twigs and my berries in my little pot. And just let me be. That's, that's how I feel about it. And I do. I understand you know, the need to make money, but it's gotten, it's gotten very capital, very capitalistic. Uh, a lot of the witchcraft, I mean, just like we said, Salem is, that's literally how Salem survives nowadays. Well, also like something that I was thinking about too, is just like the in general toxic masculinity that you see online with men that are just like kind of like flocking towards women that identify themselves as witches or just in general kind of belong to the horror and gothic community. Yeah. And that's like a direct correlative relationship with uh, the influ the rise of influencing witches, uh, capitalism. It it's all interconnected. It's just kind of, it's, it's a double-edged sword, like you're saying, because, you know, it right. raises awareness and it allows people to be who they are but it also kind of reinforces systems of oppression yes yes it does and and i'm uh, it's gonna sound bad but i've also found that a lot of leftist men do not include fem feminism with their their leftism huge uh, mistake yeah, some of the most deeply misogynistic men I have ran across that are supposed to be leftists, um, they say some of the most horrible things to you. Um, yeah, I don't want to. Well, I, mean, I, I think they don't. I think they don't just say things to to you, but they say they talk down. And yes. that, as a woman, as a woman trying to navigate like political conversations at there in fact it just happened today where there came a point in a conversation I where i was like yeah or i was like you know what i am not going to continue to like i like i i'm like i'm not going to engage in this because they are literally just telling me i don't understand which is one of the most patronizing things you can say to a woman mm -hmm. who is supposed to be like your political ally right, right. um and and so and, and it's, it's frustrating because you want to like push back against that but also it's like as a woman having to navigate conversations like we still censor ourselves right right well uh, for fear I've, of like, for fear of, for, for, for me, it's for fear of, of, uh, 
I don't want to say persecution, but what we're talking about, you know, backlash, right? Right, right, right. Uh, uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's, it is, it's, and it's very hard to, it's, it's hard to sit there and listen to it. And you want to say something back, but at some point you got to be like, am I even going to get to get through to this person? Am I just beating my head against the wall? And you have to pick your battles and it, and it, Honestly, it sucks because I want to stay and fight the battle and try and get this person to realize just how wrong they are in not including women in in the conversation or or even listening to us. I mean, I don't know about you, Heather, but I've many times had men take credit for my ideas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I've (laughs) and, and that just literally is like ticks me off to no end and then I get oh well Josh already had that idea and then I look at Josh and I'm like hey Josh what the fuck yeah thanks for the credit (laughs) yeah thanks buddy you know and it's oh and I think when we're talking about like the like Salem being an influencer's town or like all of this becoming monetized it's like that's that's more of like the patriarchy like men co-opting on the ideas of women and using it to for their advantage right exactly just like with the the rise of male doctors pushing out the midwives it's the same thing the they any way that they can make money and keep everybody else down is what they're gonna do yeah and then that just goes back to we have to start changing this at the home level. We have to start teaching and showing our kids there are different ways of going about this. I totally agree. And that, that unfortunately means we have to get schools to go along with it and we have to get parents to go along with it. And then we have that whole uh, the the pushback of, you know, teaching kids about slavery and what really happened and you know all that kind of thing and we have florida i mean i don't want the whole country turning into florida i don't know about you all you know i when you're talking about this i'm thinking about this book i just got for my uh my six-year-old and i can't even like remember the name of it i'm not gonna go grab it but it's a, it's in it's bilingual it's in english and spanish and it's about a little boy who wants a um a purple dress for the parade or whatever at his school and and i'm just thinking about how like in florida that would never be tolerated right exactly <laughs> so and and but that is what that is what you're talking about you're talking about like making the conversation be more about acceptance and being who you are and not per you know in the book like the kids are like oh i've never seen a little boy in a purple dress and the kid sits it right back at the other kid and he's like yeah well i've never seen a pineapple <laughs> walk and it's like because the kid was dre- the other kid was dressed as nice. a pineapple and and it was like that's exactly what I'm talking about here. It's just like having more like gentle conversations and being more open about who you are. But I can never see, like, as I was reading this book to him today, I was like, I cannot see this in Texas or Florida. Nope. Or Utah 
or even here in our like where Jordan and I live, like I could not see that being tolerated. No, so I I don't see it being tolerated well around here either. No, you're absolutely right, Heather. And matter of fact, uh, somebody made a point to me when they were DMing me the other day. They were like, you know, I'm I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing because like Ventura County is just so conservative. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, you're telling me I I started this podcast uh, in 2019 and I was just like looking around like, what the fuck? And then, you know, fast forward to 2021, we have a QAnon rally in Ventura. You still see like swastikas around here. There's a huge um, display of Nazis and just fascists in general that, that occupy this area. And it's fucking gross. I had that when I lived in Tennessee. the the clan The clan had a rally <laughs> one of the years I lived there, and I was like, "I need to get out of here." And I moved back to New York to to my hometown, and it's just slightly one step above that. We don't have clan rallies, but it is very red. It's very misogynistic. Um, I'm I'm not well liked around here anymore. I can tell you that by most of the men because I basically told them all, I don't care what you think. Leave me the heck alone. You're wrong. They they're they're Trump supporters around here. They're the the houses are decorated. You know, you see that house, the meme with the the Trump like literally all over the house. There are houses around here like that. So I know exactly what you guys are from. So and this is New York. Yeah, and we're in California. Like you know we're not it's (laughs) It's weird man uh so recently i i posted on my instagram a a fucking book burning that that took place in in tennessee and if that wasn't bad enough it was you know it was member it was like state senators of tennessee that were participating in this and so it it just goes back to this this tweet that i saw a, a couple weeks back, it's like, you know, we don't even have to read Bradbury or Huxley or Orwell or any of those people. You could just look out the fucking window. Yep. Like, we're my quickly two- turning into a dystopia. Very quickly. Like, we we were doing really well there for a little while. This, You know, this in the 60s, we started making the progress, and then it went back for a couple decades, the whole 20-year thing. And then we hit the 90s. And there was the freedom. Women started having more. We we felt more empowered. It was on honestly, it's kind of the wrong type of empowerment. It was more the sexual freedom thing. And there's that's a whole loaded situation there. Uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. So you just reminded me of an epi- a future episode that I'd like to do with you. Actually, is just about just. Um, the general development of feminism across different waves <clears throat> because okay. yeah yeah I, I think that that's super interesting to point out and just like in general the the, the parallels that you see between like what, what people think of as feminism versus what feminism actually is like in like for example I think about how like when Betty Friedan wrote The Feminist Mystique in the 1960s, that was a revolutionary book because it encapsulated the mm-hmm. concept of women being able to, you know, work for themselves and educate themselves and free themselves from the patriarchy. But it, at the same time, if you think about it, it, that's reinforcing a system of capitalism because that's just kind of celebrating conceptually um, the girl boss. Right? Yes. Yes, very much so. Very much so. 
and and it didn't really achieve like a goal of equality because women still bear the vast which you talked about earlier amber the vast overwhelming burden of like the housework right yep taking care of children taking care of the home like we won the right to work in the war in you know the consumer market or whatever but we still have to do everything yeah, else yeah exactly basically <laughs> yeah. we, we how is that better right you get a job now on top and of your also, five other also, ones yeah yeah and also we make uh you know cents on the dollar <laughs> 82 cents uh 82 cents on the dollar to a man I, I remember that because I shouted that out the window to my daughter on International Women's Day. I said, it's International Women's Day. And don't you forget, eight, women still only make 82 cents on the dollar to a man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally yelling that to her as I dropped her off at school. So women are actually marching in the streets right now in Iceland over that exact issue. Yes, there was, oh gosh, I can't remember exactly one, but there was, I think it was England, a huge protest where all the women just stopped working and, and doing, you know, all the women work and there was results. I, I wish I could, I wish I had those facts right in front of me, but I don't, I just vaguely remember. Yeah, it's amazing it when bad. you shut down the means of production, how quickly you can get shit done. <laughs> Right. And if we would just do that again, and I mean, not just women, but everybody and just be like, look, we're tired of this. We want, we want better. We, ex we know we deserve better. We know it can be better, but too many people are, are still brainwashed in, well, in the thinking. I think it's more people than ever. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think that you could never see what, what you're talking about in Iceland happen here anymore, or at least now. Because, because women have have swallowed the ta toxic masculinity and you know when you're talking about how it's not dangerous for women in america to to like practice witchcraft or, or call themselves witches anymore i think it's because um that isn't seen as a threat because so many women have taken toxic ma masculinity and you know shoved it down swallowed it and yeah dealt just dealt with it because they had no other personified choice. It. Yeah, pers yes. well, personified it. And and now, I mean, I don't know if you're in mom's groups on Facebook, but it, it is exhausting to see these women like go after each other and 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 say things that are so toxic and 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 so demeaning and misogynistic. And yes. it's like it's like that's what's happened in American culture now. Um the which is hard. It <laughs> is. I want to be Iceland. <laughs> I do too. Oh God, I would love to be Iceland. And and I was yeah, I was just about to to mention that uh, we women have so much internalized misogyny, and we don't even know it. And half the time, we don't have the time or the space to even to to analyze or figure it out. And it took it took me quite some years to realize how much internalized misogyny I had of my own and, and where, and where exactly that came from. And, um, uh, it, it, you know, you had to, I had to examine my childhood a lot and realize, Hey, this, this, this came a lot from my dad, yeah. you know, women who swear are trash, 
you know, they, they, they're, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I am an F-bomb girl. So yeah. oh. <laughs> me, me and dad don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but we've gotten around that. But yeah, it was, it was him telling my mom she had thunder thighs. Like oh. my mom was ridiculously skinny because she had all the, the internalized misogyny and you know her mom and whispering in her ear about it and my dad calling her thunder thighs and it's like what in the heck but yeah we don't even realize a lot of the times where it comes from because we don't have the space to examine it and 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 so many women have it and it's i actually had my friend uh kelly because it's a it's a you know pretty general name i'll mention kelly but she actually came to me and she said thank you for posting it was a whole thing about internalized misogyny and she's like thank you for posting that the other day she goes i dealt with that for a long time and i realized i didn't realize what it was and what i was doing and your post reminded me that i still have more work to do nice and we always have more work to do and i was like yeah you're absolutely right kelly we, there is always more work to do that's but, awesome feedback it is, and that doesn't happen very often. So when it does happen, I feel very appreciative. And it's like, well, good. I'm. It's not. It doesn't just resonate with me. There are other people out there that are thinking these things and and feeling these things, and a lot of them are just afraid of voicing that because they don't want the the blowback of it. You well, know, like I don't like. Amber, no, go ahead. For for me, I, I think you would agree with this too. Like anarchism encapsulated is just like consistently doing whatever it takes to fight towards a better world, you know, yes. fighting for people that are historically marginalized, oppressed, et cetera. And, and coming up with solutions outside of the state apparatus and outside of just general conventional thinking. Yes. And, and that's kind of where uh, witchcraft is, kind of is kind of anarchy it's it's an anarchist type of 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 thing i'm not sure what word i'm word i'm looking for here but it's very much like that um like a paradigm yes and the revolutionary brief yes i was gonna say maybe i should briefly explain i was i didn't start off as an anarchist obviously um i was a democrat who voted for Al Gore in 2000 and who voted for Obama in 2008. And Obama is who opened my eyes. Um, I was one of them Democrats. I was crying. I was so proud of us. We elected the black guy. Yeah. He's hoping change. He's going to get in there and he's going to change things. And he's going to do what I had been wanting for the past eight years to happen when we had freaking Bush. And it did not take long for me to be like, what the <laughs> fuck? Hello, the biggest drone bombing president there was. Yeah. I was just like, dude. And I started listening to a lot of libertarians. Please forgive me for this. But <laughs> thank I thank them for helping me set me on my path. But that's about it. They're um, only right about foreign policy exactly <laughs> but i started listening to other people and i'm like oh well this guy's making a lot of sense over here even with you know obama in there nothing's going to change because they're not going to let him change it even if he wanted to change it yeah. and 
like I like I said, I was very briefly a libertarian, and I just they I it was like Republican one. It was basically it's an ANCAP, <laughs> <laughs> an anarchist capitalist, which I don't even think those two words should go together. I don't like the phrase. It it pisses me off. I think libertarian works much better for that. Um listen to my listen to my episode that I did with cocktails and capitalism about anarcho capitalism. Oh. <laughs> it's that a, frost my cookies, man. It's a fucking <laughs> oxymoronic dumb fuckery yeah. ideology. And yes it is. <laughs> it's an empty headed non concept. <laughs> I just, I was like, how can these two, how, how can anybody put these two together and think that they work? It doesn't work because that's not what anarch anarchists are pretty much against what everything capitalism is and capitalism stands for. <laughs> exactly. I, oh, and I, I really piss people off when I say, no, it's not ANCAPs. You're a libertarian. People don't, oh, that word's been in use for since the 1880s or some such thing. I, I don't care. It it's it's not. It shouldn't be used. It's should be removed from language. And then you just start asking them for like individual definitions, right? Yes. You're like, so what do you think socialism means? What do you think communism means? <laughs> and then and then you just start increasingly deviating away from the point. And then you're like, oh, you're just a moron. Yeah, you just you think it sounds cool, so that's why you use it. That's why you say you're an ANCAP. Yeah, or they're uh, like, or they're a spicy Republican that just smokes weed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> spicy Republicans. Oh goodness. Oh, all right. But yeah, is there anything else that you want to mention about witchcraft before we wrap up? Uh, I was just just gazing through my notes real quick and. There was one quote I wanted to, to it was under, um, what does a witch symbolize? I had it under. Yeah. Um, it went about how the witchcraft archetype is uh, viewed dependent on several things. I just wanted to bring this up so that we kind of, sure. I feel like it kind of ties in with everything. Um, how the witchcraft uh, archetype is viewed it on several things, religious politics, gender politics, political context, or societal context, or a combination of all of these things. Um, the witch archetype is almost always female, old, poor, isolated from society, or is a sexual deviant. In the case of men, most often it was a sexual deviant. Or if you were a woman in love with a woman, lesbians, they tended to get burned as witches as well. Uh, I mean, you know, because no children, like I said, the value, women lost their value if they weren't having children. Uh, let me see here. Poorly, poorly isolated, sexually deviant. There we are. Um, warts. They have warts. They wear pointy hats, which the pointy hats is an anti-Semitism anti thing. Wow. Um, if that started, like, Jews used to wear um, the little the little pointy caps. Uh forgot what they were called, uh, the actual name of them. I mean, isn't but that kind of referenced they, in Harry Potter? Uh, I'm not sure if they, she actually uses it in, like, references it itself, but she There's definitely some anti-Semitism the, in there. Yes, there is, but with, like, the uh, the goblins the that yeah, run the yeah, Gringotts. Yeah. Definitely. The Jewish, the long, Jewish goblins at the bank. Yes, that was it. Not the pointy hat part, but the the 
way that the pointy hat became a symbol of the witch was it used to be worn as by Jews just to, you know, so they could distinguish themselves amongst each other. Then it was forced upon them. And it wasn't just Jews. Muslims had to wear certain um, headgear. And this mostly was in Germany area. Um, they were forced to wear clothing that differentiated them from Christians, because obviously we can't have Christians uh, mixing with the Muslims or the Jews. That's just wrong. And I, <laughs> dude, I swear to God, these people. <laughs> But that is where that came from. At one point, um, it switched from being a symbol of a Jew to being used as a punishment if you did anything wrong. And then that's where the, the, the switch from it becoming a Jewish thing to being a witch thing is you did something wrong, you were being punished, so you had to wear the pointy hat. So it started oh, getting associated. Cap. I'm sorry? The dunce cap. Yes, that is exactly the thing that right. Your teacher put on you, and you had to sit in the corner or whatever. Yeah. Yep. There's your pointy witch hat, which started with, you know, uh, the Jews, the anti-Semitism of the Jews. Um, so now that I explained that, <laughs> uh, oh, and then they have familiars. Um, the stereotypes were used to persecute women and social deviants. Um, essentially anybody who went against norms. And then there was this one quote I just wanted to, to get out there. And I think that's everything I have to say. Um, here it goes. This is from Jean S. LaFontaine. The stereotype of evil appears not to have been closely connected to the actions of real people, except when it was mobilized against current enemies of the church. Mm. Uh, yeah. Basically, that was that. That's witch. That was the witchcraft in a nutshell, right there. It's. It wasn't, you know, anything until it was needed to be used against the for the church to use against someone. Um, I feel like there's something else I wanted to mention here, but I cannot think of it right at the moment. Is there anything? Any questions? Um, I guess just have? like. Do you have anything else that you'd like to say about feminism or anarchism that might be misunderstood from a witch or spiritual uh, perspective? Well, with anarchism, not so much from a witch or, you know, that most people have anarchy wrong completely as they think it's it's chaos. Mm -hmm. It's chaos and, you know, uh, mob rule, mob just, you know, doing whatever they want and that couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, anarchy is essentially consent of the governed. Mm -hmm. If we don't agree with it, it shouldn't be happening. We are the people, the government serves the people. What very little government there is, is made to serve the people. And that's honestly kind of how witchcraft is too. It's, it's do no harm, do what you want to do, but don't hurt anybody else. So those kind of tie into each other. And I always feel like, you know, anarchy gets a bad rap. It's well, so does socialism and communism, but I mean, fuck yeah, yeah go off gets, queen. <laughs> it gets, it gets <laughs> a bad rap. And we still have so many of these these oh, these old dudes walking around, you know, communism bad. <laughs> and it it's it's frustrating. And you're like, dude, you do realize it's not the 1950s. This isn't McCarthyism. We really need to 
start pulling our heads out of our asses and using our brains here and stop. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that because the next episode that we're putting out is about HUAC, McCarthyism, and the exile <laughs> of Charlie Chaplin. Oh, Charlie, do you guys seen King of New York? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. Uh, let me see. I, last I knew it was on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um, so Charlie, after he was exiled, went to England and he put he made this movie called King of New York. And it's mm-hmm. where this random, I forgot what country, but this king gets exiled and he comes to New York and he basically does all of his money because he gets swindled. But Charlie's little boy gives one of the greatest speeches of all time. And it was flying around Instagram for a little while there. And he's going on about, you know, consent from the governed. And I'm just, Uh, I I have to watch it if you get the opportunity. It's a black and white, but that's Charlie. And the little boy giving the speech is his son. And he's just, he's popping off. Is that the one from my speech ever? Is that the one from like the 50s? I was just going to say it's from your... Jordan, it's the one. It's the one that you sent me today, that I said I like that photo of Chaplin. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah. yeah. That's the right. little boy's got his fist and his finger sticking up, shaking at the whole speech. Yeah. He's like, he's yes. like, what are you reading, Karl Marx? He's like, does that mean I'm a communist? He's like, yes. well, that's a good point. That's the one. That is the one. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share that. <laughs> yeah, that it's, is. Just... It's so fucking great. It was great. And I, I was like, that's Charlie's little kid. And dude is just going off. He's talking so much, so much good things and so much truth. And I thought that was like the greatest thing ever. It was like, that is the kind of parent I want to be, you know, lead that example. And, you well, know, tell the kids. The- well, because he lived, you know, he lived the life of a poor person in England right after the fallout of Queen Victoria. And then, you know, in the decades that preceded Dickens' writing of hard times, and because a lot of a lot of people forget, especially in America, the the history of you know industrialization and how it began in England. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, just yep. really looking forward to that episode, and and it just directly also connects to this episode because. That was a witch hunt in itself. Right. That's, and yeah, we've had witch hunts in various forms, not necessarily going after, you know, witches and women, but after the other, the scapegoating, just it keeps coming back to the scapegoating over and over again. Yeah, it just became like a catch-all term just to silence people. <clears throat> yep. Like I said, still happens today, just in, in different forms. Yo, I mean, I, I named my podcast 805 Uncensored for a reason. I fucking despise censorship. And it's just getting worse. I, I just got censored the other day, and I did not like it. I And it just goes to show, like, really what the priorities of social media companies are, which they, they have no interest in oh. peace. They have no interest in anything but U.S. dominant hegemony of the world. I shared I shared a fucking video of someone who was released by Hamas, a hostage that was shaking hands with a Red Cross worker, and she oh. said, peace, in Arabic. And and I got my post taken down because I was praising a terrorist organization, apparently. Oh, good God. 
That is just unbelievably. See, that's all I have seen is hostages saying good things about being when they were hostages and people are saying they have Stockholm syndrome. I'm like, um, no, I don't think that's what's going on here. I think that we have a, a highly organized group of people that have had enough of what's going on and planned and prepared for this. They didn't want anybody getting hurt. They prepared for their hostages. They're doing the right thing. And, you know, people are making it out like they're, they're terrorists and they're, they're hurting all these people and holding all these people hostages and, and being, you know, well, you think hostage, hostage is not a good thing. And it's just, it's a bad narrative. Yeah. And I'll talk about this more in the panel. Just the fact that almost every single Western media journalist that has any degree of credibility is not in Gaza. They're in Tel Aviv. Right. And they're always covering the Israeli perspective. They're always talking about the terrorism levied upon by Hamas. They're always talking about how Palestinians are not human beings, etc. And oh my gosh, I, I, I cannot wait for that conversation because I feel like it's going to shed so much light for so many people. Right. And then you see in the background of these these reporters, the peaceful, serene background. You see the people reporting from Palestine and there's literally bombs going off behind them. Yeah. There's rubble behind them. And they're, they're, they're like, oh, we can't even get in there, get into Palestine to 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 record or report from there. And I'm like, um, there are all kinds of reporters already in there. Why are you not talking to them? Yeah, because you choose not to. Well, and, and, and to that point, um, which I added, I added a question today about for the panel. I think, are you, are you coming to the panel? Yeah, she'll be there. I haven't been on Instagram kind of the past few days. I've been, I've been busy. Well, honestly, I've been in a lot of pain, so it's not been, there's something going on with me and I wish they would figure it out, <laughs> but I'm, I've seen currently going to be seeing three specialists and it's just not been fun, but I haven't been, sorry, on, I wasn't on there today cause I was kind of suffering. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that, but well, th- thank you. <laughs> I'm really sorry to hear that. That fucking sucks. But, um, no, for the panel on Saturday, I added a question about, um, cause I read that, um Anthony Blinken was instructing people to to tone down their coverage of the bombing in Gaza um which is just really looking rich to me because right. because wow. it's like it's like wow uh and this is just after I think was it a federal court um is allowing the Biden administration to continue to communicate with social media companies um, to, to ask them to intervene on certain topics. And so like Jordan, also when you texted me about that, that censorship um, from your post, I immediately thought about that because the, the Biden administration is on the record directly intervening in what is being allowed to like mm. be out there in the public sphere. And I just, I find that to be, like so outrageous yeah. uh, it's <laughs> and, outrageous and gross it's terrifying yeah. the, yes. conceptually like the idea that we have free speech 
like it is laughable at this mm. point. You know, if the government can it just really if the government can just take away um, something that's guaranteed in our Bill of Rights yeah. at any point, if they can just pick and choose rights, uh, those rights don't exist. Yeah, yeah right. I agree. Absolutely, it's, it's chilling. And I mean, with with the, with the Facebook, particularly with Facebook, the censorship is it is unless you're the white man it's you basically don't exist even on there like i mean i'm a straight see, i'm a straight white male and i'm getting censored right well that's because you are you are displaying the other type behavior you're not fitting the the you're not fitting their the narrative molds yes the narrative you're not fitting into that you're saying something against that like for us white women we still get we get we get a lot of shit from that too because hey we're we're race traitors i've been called that many times because i've spoken out against white folks and a some race of the traitor? yes the a race traitor i what was like fuck? are you kidding me wow. what century are we in what the fuck it's, is that because i'm white i should side with the white folks is basically what i understood from it and yeah yeah that'll never that'll never happen <laughs> it's not gonna happen <laughs> I've, I've been a poor poor white girl my, most of my life i was raised in colorado um we we moved around a lot and i attended several schools where i was one of the few white folks in a brown a brown sea of you know brown different shades um so i I understand. I can't say I would. I know exactly what a person of color is going through, but I can imagine. Yeah. And I will never side against the people that are being oppressed or held down for, especially for things that are completely out of their control. Yeah, that's that's pretty shocking. It's two thousand twenty-three. It's time yeah. to retire. It's time to retire some of those concepts. My God. I just I what the I was blown away when I was called that race. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me, man?" Oh, it ugh. it was it was gross. I use the words "gross" and "disgust" a lot because I just I honestly can't think of anything else to say sometimes for the behavior of. Oh. On that lovely note, <laughs> Jordan, are you still? Oh yeah, you are. I'm listening. And you said you uh, some. You, if I wanted to mention a couple books, um, the there's there's two I was uh, thinking of here. Um, you mentioned her name, Sylvia Federici. Mm -hmm. Federici. Um, it's Caliban and the Witch Women, uh, the Body and Priv Primitive Accumulation. That was a good one. And then the Devil in the Shape of a Woman. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't not write the first name down, but the last name of the author is Carlson with a K. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Um, are you like a, a content creator of any kind or do you have any like projects that are going on right now? Uh, I'm kind of, I, I create content on occasion. Um, I'm not very good at being consistent with it, <laughs> to, to tell you the truth. It's unfortunate side effect of ADHD. I get 
my fill of something and I have to move on from it for a while. I'll come back around to it eventually. So sometimes when I'm creating con I, when I'm creating content, I'm like, you know, I get so far and it's like, yeah, okay, that's enough of that for now. I gotta do something else and I don't always finish my plans. Um, I did have uh, I was planning on doing um, what was it? Uh, the uh, three the three uh, muse, like, uh, muses, um, like the three witches, you know, um, throughout different cultures, mm -hmm. um, you have, you know, like in, in Slav, Slavic, it's the Rodinitsia's um, fate, you know, like the, the oh gosh, what? My brain's just stopped functioning. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's late I'm on the East to, Coast. Like the three fates, you know. Yes, it's ten o'clock here. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like that kind of thing. The the three fates throughout um, different cultures, because that seems to uh, really go from you know the the Middle East all the way up into Norway and Sweden and all that. It's very widespread where there is the the three witches, the three three women of some sort you know, that come together and decide human fate. And I thought that was interesting how that is so widespread across cultures. And I was planning on doing something about that, hopefully soon. Well, but, I yeah. would love to continue to collaborate with you because um, I love the work that you put out. And like this episode, for example, is something that I've been wanting to put together for a really long time because, you know, like I mentioned the first time we talked, it just encapsulates everything that I'm passionate about, which is leftist revolutionary politics, spirituality, and how those two things just kind of um, connect with one another in order to create a better world and ultimately lead to the downfall of, of capitalism. Yeah, absolutely. We also get we also we also get shit from people for not talking about spirituality because we have it in our in our our introduction about you know what is it politics spirituality music and more yeah and then every once in a while every once in a while somebody's like hey man all you guys talk about is politics or all you guys have done lately is music stuff so I love uh, the intersection of them all to be honest with you. Right. I agree. Totally. And well, and like I said earlier, most leftists kind of don't think there is a place for that. They, well, you think, you know, spirituality, they think more religion. There's no place for religion in, in leftist politics, but there is definitely a place for spirituality. There, 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 there's, there's great value in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, finding I mean... the connection between each other and with the earth there, there's there's value in that yeah i say frequently that jesus was a brown-skinned communist yes he was like no question about it <clears throat> so yeah i'm i'm just so glad that you've made that point because I, I i agree with you i think that that's frequently missing in leftist spaces mm-hmm um, I think there... that has a lot to do with with cap with our with the capitalistic influence, you know, and and the the whole Christian concept of God put this earth here for our use, kind of thing. And even if you're not 
religious that in this country that has kind of been infused in our lives. Yeah, and also like it's like elitism that's associated with like intellectualism, right? Like somebody cannot practice spirituality and also like be scientific at the same time, or somebody right. is not able to to carry um, ideas that could have a revolutionary practicality while also occupying ideas inside their consciousness about spirituality. And it's, right. it's just a fallacy. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Well, it's kind of like us, you know, with astrology, people say that that's not real. Well, how do you know it's not real? Everything has a gravitational pull. Um, all the, the molecules in my body are, are mixing with literally everything around me. So how are you so certain that, that these, that planets don't affect us? I mean, the moon makes a tide for crying out loud. You don't see it, but it happens. It's pretty, it, how do you know that this stuff is not real? There's always room for that. There's, there's spirituality ex can help explain things that, science hasn't caught up with yet mm -hmm. i guess is kind of a good way of putting it um yep. that's why there's a need for you, you there's a need for spirituality it doesn't and have to be religion and i don't and i don't mean to like excuse uh getting back to like the 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 topic of the the witch try you know the trials and the executions i don't mean to excuse that by any stretch of the imagination but in like, what sense do you think that that was just very deeply religious people trying to wrestle with like bad things happening? I like blaming witches. I think it had <laughs> some to do with it. I okay. not so much maybe with my my cousins, <laughs> maybe not so much with the Putnam family, but some of the other families. I think that had a, a lot to do especially like i said with mercy lewis that poor girl her entire family was murdered yeah and or like the man you said that was that was that was acute was it a man who was accused of being a witch after somebody got sick when yeah. you visit them i mean it's like that's people that are just like trying to to wrestle with like how can like my you know, benevolent God exists mm -hmm. when all this bad shit's happening. Yeah. Yes. I think it has a little bit to do with it. I like it depends. It, it really depended on who we were talking about in Salem. And yeah. I, I think it had a lot to do with that, with, with some of the people and some of the families involved. And then I think it was just pure greed yeah. and, and revenge yeah. <laughs> for, for a good majority Opportunistic. of it. Yes. opportunistic yeah <sighs> been, yeah this has been a great this has been a great conversation i'm so glad to have met you and uh i really look forward to hearing what you have to see on saturday too yeah. thank you I, i'm sorry i was very nervous and it took me a second to kind of to loosen up <laughs> and i but thank you very much this has been a very good first experience for me that's awesome oh i'm glad yeah i was fascinated by everything you had to say amber do you have any like social media accounts you want to shout out it's well i mean you can say no. like just mine <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't just besides mine and i i'm, I'm kind of small i kind i really honestly keep it that way uh i kind of scare i scare guys off most of the time i'm a bit of a misandrist um <laughs> 
just saying. <laughs> uh, so yeah, <laughs> I've gotten to the point in my life where I've just, if I, I'd much rather scare these men away from me than have to deal with their things. <laughs> if oh. that makes any sense. Makes sense. Makes total sense. I mean, I, I'm 44. I've, I've been through a lot <laughs> and I've realized a lot of it was because I allowed things or put up with things like we were talking earlier, kind of just shoving it down, you know, we're dealing with the male misogyny. So yeah. Um, but I just, I just try to keep just my pages and it's bodega witchery pretty much on every, all the social media. I'm not very active on Facebook. I kind of absolutely hate going on there every time i go on there i end up very angry or just absolutely disgusted and so if you do follow me on there i don't post on there very often i'm i'm active on instagram mostly i do a little on the tiktok but that's not good that's not really good for me either because i'm not <laughs> as you can tell i don't, I don't talk real well <laughs> My, my thoughts don't come out very coherently, uh, get sidetracked a lot, and I just don't like watching myself. But yeah, yeah I mean, so. I don't like recording a bunch of videos of myself either, so I totally understand <sighs> that. Um, you're awesome. Long story short. Thank you. Fuck you capitalism. Fuck the patriarchy. Practice witchcraft. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, Believe in something. Yes. And keep fighting for a better world, whatever you do. Yes, that is always the goal. Always trying to make it better. Yes. Do no harm, at the very least. Yes, and fuck Pat Roberts rolling over his grave <laughs> right now. <laughs> and so many. I'm sure there's many others that are not too, would be not too thrilled about this. Uh, absolutely. So... Um, as always, the 805 Uncensored is on all the major social media platforms. We're on Instagram at 805 Uncensored Pod, TikTok at the same name. If you have any questions, comments, guest suggestions, um, or just like in general questions for us, go ahead and shoot us an email, 805uncensored at gmail.com. Hope everyone has a great night, morning, evening, wherever you're listening in the world, and stay safe out there.